Hello and welcome to the American Horror Story podcast for American Horror Story Motel. Uh, this is for actually the Roanoke Nightmare uh, episode six hundred five, chapter five. Uh, I, I I'm your host Aaron, and I'm Cecily, and I just tear, I'm I'm raring, t- raring and tearing and Karen about this episode. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was the kind of Gonzo crazy, scary. Uh, I wish we could have gotten to it within like an hour of the season. I don't know why. I mean, I, what what did you think before I delve into my analysis? I thought it was good too. I thought there were a lot of really fun homages to classic horror movies, right? Throughout, and it scared me. A couple, well, I mean, it jump scared me a couple of times, right? I wasn't I, staying awake at night. No, no. I, I thought there was some pretty gruesome stuff and some kind of creepy things. Uh, I also thought that. I feel like that Ryan Murphy came up with the conceit of I'll play homages to the first five seasons of American Horror Story, and it really bogged down the plot because, and I wish he had done that. Like, okay, all the commercial breaks, all this, the the action in between commercial breaks will be homages leading up to the second episode where we really start. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I mean, I don't understand why we had to get this complicated thing with Lee being crazy and uh, abducting her daughter. Like, why couldn't she just be visiting these two and bringing her daughter? Like, like the, the, all this extra drama they had to pile on really stretched it out and, and kind of, I don't know, by the time we got to this episode, this episode is much better. I don't think it made the preceding four hours kind of worth some of the slog, though. I'm going to reserve judgment until the end. Okay. So you're back on board fully. No, I said I'm going to reserve judgment. Okay, that's the complete opposite of what I said. You're half on and half on, and half off board. We just just wait. You're going to wait until the train is a, is like the last car about to leave the station and leap on. I've said it before like and I say Bond. it again. It's American Horror Story. If you're mm-hmm. expecting HBO quality television, then you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> like if this is going to be a rocky road, and it always has been. The storylines are always terrible and disjointed, and that's just that's why you come back. If you're still here in season six and you're expecting something different, then that's on you. Mm. And that's my last word on it. Calling us out. All <laughs> right. Um, shall we talk about the episode proper detail? Okay. Uh, we have a historian talking about the Mott family house built in 1789. The worst historian of all time, or the worst historian actor. I th- I hope she's a real historian because otherwise, I don't know whether she's trying to be a fake historian or like a, a real historian. She's trying. It's an actress trying to be a real historian on one of these types of shows. But wow, like a monotone, flat delivery is bad. It was uh, bad. Uh, but she's talking about it, and in the flashbacks, Evan Peters walks in, eyes wide and nostrils flaring, and buys up everything at an estate auction. He, uh, this is the most unbelievable scene for me. That's not how auctions work. No, you just can't be like, I'm buying everything. Uh, you can't say I'm going to outbid you all, because unless the bidding happens, you don't know what their highest price is going to be. Right. So... He could just say, "Well, they would have bid a hundred dollars for that, so I'll give you one oh five but You're doing just that gonna for, take your word for it but but then doing that for an entire auction, yeah, like whatever like exactly, like, like they definitely would have only paid this much. I'll give you this much that's no, that's not how it works it that's how it worked in seventeen eighty nine okay, <laughs> that's why they had to change auction law because the mots just fucking ran in and like, but we could get nope, nope, I'll outbid you all." <laughs> Uh, anyway. And everyone's just like, fuck it, we're going home. We no found, one ever showed up to an auction again. Uh, we found out great, 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 great granddaddy Mott had a severe social anxiety. And he had the Shakers uh, build the retreats where he and his artwork could be at peace. Uh, he's very concerned with this painting. Uh, he wants these elaborate under, underground tunnels constructed. We've seen, you know, some of these tunnels and evidence this season. And uh, he thought that if any thieves or people that came to destroy them, that he could get them out of some kind of underground railroad for uh, paintings. It would have worked. I think this is minor and temporary, but I don't think they established why he felt so strongly about this painting in particular. Or did I miss it? I I don't think it was just he any just really one really partic- liked it. Yeah, yeah, that's the one of all the one. And I, I'm not a, like a classical artist or art historian, so I couldn't tell you what no. the significance of any of this stuff was. Yeah, uh, they then um, 
Well, there's a bunch of different stuff happens. There's uh, a scaffolding collapses and a worker gruesomely breaks their leg uh, as he hears a squeal gnarly. mysteriously in the background. That was crazy. Bad episode for legs. Bad episode for legs. Uh, there's numerous other incidents. They, we, they, he uh, kisses the footman full on the lips. And they find he come to find out that him and this I guess he's not a footman he would be the butler I guess the head mm. head servant his valet are they said so they they kind of dodged whether they were slaves or not because it seems as much but servants serv yeah indentured and servitude you had, in, at you had, best like you know, European indentured servant servant uh, servants and you had just your garden yeah not only were they gay he was also black so there's a whole lot of. Uh, Women clutching their pearls. Yes, and he says about you know servants them, clutching their aprons. They would, yeah, they they wouldn't have <laughs> their apron strings. Uh, they uh, he talks about that they judge us and he should give get rid of all but him and but then oh he couldn't uh, you know play with his cock all day he'd actually have work and he talks a whole bunch of mess that sounded a lot like uh, uh, Dorian Gray about you know art um, being frozen it's in a beauty. Penny dreadful and, reference. Yeah. Make make sure he make he knows that his uh, his lover knows that he loves these paintings more than him. Uh, they talk about rouging each other's nipples. Like, which I, is that a thing? I don't know, but Did it was hilarious. It? He's like, oh, he's like, oh, let's just let's shut up and make love to me. All right, fine, but first we rouge each other's nipples. Maybe he's just really into that. <sighs> yeah, um, gotta have the rouge nipples. Uh, then things start getting like, I, okay, sure, rouging nipples is baseline weird, but things get weirder from there uh he hears a bunch of crazy sounds below and investigates and he finds a broken window and his paintings all a tatter and what was if, if you had the bet for how long it took from zero to evan peter's trademark scream if you had about three minutes or two, two minutes 30 seconds you you won you the win the bets because boy he started there and didn't stop until the next commercial break um he is screaming and wanting people to tell him what's going on, and he suspects all of his servants, and none of them will confess because none of them did it. They actually try to say that they saw a woman uh, out there doing weird stuff in the yard, which was probably Thomason uh, and maybe Priscilla. And he says, nope, I'm going to strip you all naked, throw you in the hole, the, the tunnel system. No, it's just and the, then lock sto- him in the storage facility. If it was a tunnel, they could have gotten out. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's just like the cold storage. I, so he's got a bunch of extensive cellar. underground t- tunnels and the storage room. Well, I think the connect. tunnel from the house goes has to go the opposite direction or it follows straight under the road and those two things don't connect. Or they're just bull. They're just bullshitting him, and they didn't actually car- make tunnels because it was a lot of work. They just built this one storeroom. <laughs> they just went yeah, down yeah, there and just got... banged around on their pickaxes all <laughs> right. day, like, "Oh, this is so hard." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've got we, we we got you covered, man. You got your tunnels, sure. Tunnels galore. <laughs> uh, so then the servant doesn't seem like, uh, which his name is Guinness, doesn't seem like he likes all this and is comfortable with it. And Mott makes sure that he knows that he's a servant as well. And that he looks up and they see a blood moon in the sky. And we then see uh, uh, the Mott pinned to his bed, like they're going to give him a code red type alert. And uh, he tears himself out, which probably the first homage to Hotel. Like the, his his tear, oh yeah tearing through the bed tearing through the bed uh, very very much a motif from last season uh, but uh, and but finds himself now alone but there's a ceremony going out with a big bonfire in his yard Thomason declares that the land is mine and will all, or always be mine and he shall consecrate it with blood and then they fucking impale Mott right there and uh, why they impale him through the chest just kind of spit roast him on the fire he bursts into flames Evan Peters gets to scream. Some more, yep. Appropriate level screaming, I think, for this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if you get if you get a tree trunk thrown through your chest and and set on fire, you can scream as much as you want. Yes, get a free pass this time. Uh, Guinness, of course, being the only surviving black man of this massacre, is arrested for the death of essentially everyone. Of he course. didn't bother to tell anyone about the root cellar, and they opened it up, and there's all these skeletonized workers. Did they get added to the merry band? Or did Thomason, like, open it up and go, like, why would you leave a bunch of live people underground? Well, 
they weren't alive for very much longer. So it just seems like I haven't seen a whole bunch of servants milling around as ghosts at this. You're point right. Yet. There would be a shit ton of servant ghosts. You would think so. Y- yes. Um, then there's a couple of like little interesting tidbits for us. Also, us super fans. What? Now that I'm thinking about it, they say later that or the uh, the hillbilly mother says later that Thomason demands a blood sacrifice every year. Right. Just to reconsecrate there it every year. There are not enough ghost bodies to span back to 1792 present at this roast. I'll do you one better. Will you? There's not enough blood moons. Like, that's a very specific... And the house specific has been occupied, arc- like, every 10 years? Yeah. Don't you think you want the house to be occupied frequently? Like, don't try to drive people away. Let right. them wait until the blood moon and then get your blood sacrifice. Yeah, and I, I guess the hint is that most years the Polks kind of take care of it from within their own inbred family. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, but if Tom, but it seems like Thomason herself does the chopping, so she can only do that during the quad quadrennial bl- lunar cycle that we discussed la- la- right. discussed discussed we discussed last week. I again, this this feels a little a little thin. But uh-huh. Uh-huh. what are you going to do? Uh-huh. It was cool. I, and I, also, I can't get enough of the Blood Moon. The Blood right. Moon's fucking righteous. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, so they gave little uh, tidbits for us super fans that the Mott House was kept in the family until the last of the line ended in scandal in 1952, probably in Jupiter, Florida, if I was to guess. They said in Florida, so. Oh, did they? Okay. Most definitely. Uh, and The dandy uh, was the last of them. Right. So we then. Take it away from the the historian, and we see Flora, Shelby, and Matt in re, in uh, reenactment mode up in their bedroom, and they're discussing making a desperate run for the truck. That Matt's going to try to distract these ghosts, and they start creeping down the staircase when the, a scary Taiwanese girl spider comes shooting out and abducts Flora. And this is the creepiest fucking thing. Very much a what is it? The Grudge, The Ring, Japanese horror in general. Yeah. yeah. Um. All that, all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I bet, and I, it's a whole time. And then, and then Matt looks out, and they're burning her car and his truck. And I'm like, ah, bet you'd uh, wish you burnt the house down now, you fuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Shelby? You, you w- wish you'd have burnt the house down now, or at the very least, take a six day blood moon stay in a hotel. I mean, sure. for fuck's sake, it's it's not as if you were warned or anything. I mean, they did. That's the thing, though. Um, they could have gotten Flora back. They could have burned the house down. They could have just fucked off permanently. Because at the in, the end result of this, and I guess this is tragic if you actually cared about the characters, is that they lost everything and they're homeless, but they went through these terrible experiences. So, right. whatever. They could have just listened to Cricket why, and no one would have died. Why would Thomason want the house burnt down if she requires a blood sacrifice every year? Don't the Polks become their permanent targets? But I think like the Polks are would accept that like as a, really? I, as as for the ability to live here on this land in peace, we have to give. I mean, they they got a fucked up weird it. relation. But do Not they do it. do they do calculus for human lives and their family the way normal people do? Not worth it. Yes. All right. Do they? All right. Uh, so they uh, they find Flora. The spider girl retreats for some stupid reason, and there's a lot of skittering going on, and there's a pig man, and the hunters with their faces blown off, and they look all creepy and freaking cool. By the way, pig man would be a, if you had it if you if if uh, you were comfortable taking your shirt off, be a pretty strong costume this year. I mean, that would be just unnerving. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you can get like a really good realistic pig head. Yes, absolutely. Really? Yeah. I think that'd be pretty easy to put together. Yeah. Because you just do that, and you you you're, you wear some canvas jeans, and you go bare chested, and you just scream and squeal a lot. And squeal like a pig. I'd be afraid of that. So Edward Philippe Mott appears and says he wants to save them, uh, and he leads them to the tunnels. And there's something really cool they're doing, where his face kind of morphs into. Uh, Something, but when the, the cross light between passes the skull. in front of his face, he gets this haunted, like black eye type. Yeah, of it's ghost a cross face. between like a skull and Jack Skellington. Yeah, uh, and I thought that was kind of creepy and neat. And you know, he explains that he's not really trying to save them; he just can't suffer three more souls with his social anxiety. Right. Uh, and he leads them to the I what I assume is the edge of the property, and then leaves them. And the, he says uh, they they beg him to stay, and he's like, "You living." 
uh, prize your lives, but it's a it's the the really trophy that's misprized is to die in peace, and then he disappears. Uh, now, what I understand about him is he surely knows how this deal works. Oh yeah. If if he's sincere about not wanting three more souls rattling around here in eternity, why the fuck would he drop them off at the property line of the Polk so they can just drag him back and offer him up to Thomason? Maybe he not. I don't know. Was he present at the house closing? Does he know that there's this rivalry going on? Did he assume finding these three on their property meant that they would just be killed then? But he's just seeing, and you know the Polks have been involved in this. They just see the cycle over and over again. I just thought he would, uh, I don't know, lead him the other direction, lead him towards the road, or I don't, something. I don't know. I mean, I get the shat, the, the, I get that the tunnel only goes where the tunnel goes. But right. once he gets out in the woods, he can take him anywhere. Yeah, he's explicitly said he was not going towards the road. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's, he it, gets it, lost in the woods too. <laughs> sure, it's it's dark and scary. <laughs> uh, they see a light at a at a cabin, and Shelby talks a mess about predators and prey, and how prey don't like to go towards light, and because that's dangerous. And uh, then they see the pigs, and they realize this is the cabin in the woods where they found the feral boys. And as soon as they realize that, they are attacked, sacked, and rifle butted into submission. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we see a terrifying scene when they come to Elias, Russell, Russell Edgington, Edgington himself, is strapped to the table, sans arm and leg. Uh, he was on death's door when the, the, the Polks found them, but Mama worked her magic. What is he now? I don't know. That's the thing. I guess they were... He you, has to have lost a lot more blood. I know, but I, they're making beef jerky out of him, is what they imply, that they're slowly eating him and his limbs... Yeah. Um, but. Uh, bummer. Bummer. That we're definitely not going to get. Did they bring him back just to establish that there would no be no Russell Edgington ghost? That's all we get? I don't know. But, hmm. Oh, that's an interesting question. Cause that's a fucking waste of a Edgington. That's a. That's a, So so he like, hey, look, man, I can only shoot like three episodes and partial ones at that. So <laughs> yeah. make sure that I die off the fucking property so that I'm not stuck in here. I don't know. I thought that, um, you know, I was... A f- a f- There's just a lot of horrific stuff. Uh, she offers the, 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 the Matt and Shelby and Flora jerky, sweet meat, but apparently she's made rotten meat and they blame him for some reason because, again, they're just... Uh, this mama character is just crazy. Uh, she says he's bad meat and one of the, the, the hillbillies smashes his face. Um, they're mad that they came in here with their their big money and bought the house from underneath it, and they wanted to keep it empty for the butcher because they've had a deal in place with her for over two hundred years. And be she, they give her some source of fresh blood, and she leaves them alone, and no one disturbs their crop, which we find is cannabis. And if you have an exclusive, giant, really high-end cannabis crop, why the fuck are you living in a shack with no electricity and eating and cannibalizing people? Like, what do you need Yeah, you'd money? have a lot of money. Yeah. And I'm not saying it would be classy. I'm not saying it would be money well spent. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah. They'd have a bass boat. Well, you they'd know They'd have, what? like, one of those reflecting balls in their yard. They'd... they'd, they'd, <laughs> they'd Double wide trailer. It wouldn't Absolutely. be. I mean, you know, they. I guess they do have power because there was light coming from the cabin. <laughs> yeah, they do have power. They could keep their fucking fridge working. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. Just saying. Like, I, I take it that like, or maybe there's really bad weed. Deer. They're just giving it away. They're like the Robin Hood of weed. They rob them themselves and give to the <laughs> poor. Uh, yes. Let's give, go with their their. Good Samaritans. Give to the stoned. Give to the stoned. Uh, they're pissed that they led the cops there and they took away their babies uh, because I'm assuming they would be... Were... They left their babies, though? Would... I, w- I would hope for an explanation as to why they weren't there. Just a quick one line. Yeah. We just went to go harvest the weed or right. something we like that. We were out cutting the fields and we left the we left them suckling on old Bessie and we came home and much to our surprise, day's gone. Yeah, and also explain all the weird shit inside of your house. The skulls and the smellies and the flies and all that shit. I guess you don't have to explain. Let's go say, I think that's explained. I know exactly what are you what's doing with that there. money. What are you doing with that money? I know. They, they, they did they explain. just save up $35,000 at weed sales and they weren't spending any money at all? What it is and is... And they went to that house auction to buy that house that day. <laughs> that's the thing. And they, they got outbid. <laughs> I think the problem is they haven't raised their weed prices for 200 years. 
That's it. They're still selling dime bags for an actual dime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> – that's why they could always scrape together. T- God damn, we've been moving weed for like 20 years, mom, and all we got is $10,000. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Lee – we cut away to Lee because and because I, I, I was just at the end of this. I'm like, how the fuck are they going to get away with this? And then I'm like, oh, yes, Lee's in the weeds and she's going to come back and save the day. Lo, I was right. Lee is bemoaning these 48 wasted hours that they've been able to hold her without charging her and, you know, they've been questioning her. Which, why wouldn't they charge her? I don't, I haven't gotten any evidence. Because the only evidence I guess they had was Shelby's. She left right after and came back right after he died? Like, that's strong. I, you know, you've listened to season one of Serial and seen Making a Murderer. Yeah, those people were wrongfully imprisoned, like she should be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to say again, Angela Bassett. My God, that woman. Who looks particularly fierce and fine in this scene. And is, looks particularly 35 is... Is 58 years 50 old. fucking eight years old. How? How is this possible? Well, I think this is just a theory. During the shooting of the season, Coven... Uh-huh. She was well, she really. Was 56. Well, she was really playing herself, and that is she's a voodoo witch. <laughs> she really is. She is, or she could be a vampire. Either I, one, or glampire. Either. I one. mean, that's the, the reason she came to Ryan Murphy. Like, like, I get it. Ha ha. Black don't crack. But for real, for real, this is um, this is this is not this is not the absence of wrinkles. This is a firmness and tone and youth, youthful vigor that one does not usually expect I'm from. Twenty six. I don't even have that right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've never looked this good in my life. <laughs> no, never. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh so she gets out of the pokey, uh the the clink, mm-hmm. the questioning room and she sees a bunch of missed messages from Matt. The most important which is we found Flora exclamation park explanation exclamation <laughs> mark. All right. Poop emoji. Thumbs up, 100. <laughs> I thought, it's like, okay, that's interesting. It's right. an interesting take on it. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I, 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 you, you can't begrudge brother and sister their emoji code. Uh, there is a tense truck ride with the hillbillies. They're going to go take Matt and, and Flora and Shelby back to the butcher lady. And they're sitting there with a shotgun pointed at them. Uh, and Matt is waiting for his moment. And the, 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 the dimmer of the hilljacks... Gets briefly distracted. There's a struggle for the gun. Shelby does Pointing directly at Shelby and Flora's faces. They don't even bother to duck or run for cover or anything. And I was about to like... Jump out of the truck? Nope. I was in mid-sentence of my note writing down. Shelby does them those favors and is useless. But nope, never mind. She kicked them off the the truck. Mm -hmm. It's the Uh, last time she'll use her feet well. Just... (laughs) The last time, too. The... The... the, Just after... Is that what you said? That's exactly what I said. It's the first time. No. Oh. First yeah. and last. Uh, just after the kind of half a face guy gets shot. Now he's no face. No face at all. No face at all. Um, and I'm the other thing is they don't take the truck. There they was... don't take the gun. Why would they not j- immediately jump in the truck, pull that body out of there and start bombing down the road? If not that, why would they not take the gun with them? I think that the windshield is just covered in brain matter. Probably the windshield is cracked. It's not drivable. Like, would you even want to? I'd rather run through the woods than have to sit in the seat that's covered in blood and brains. Woman, if we were in the situation where cannibals were after us, I would tell you to get in the you fucking drive car the and I would drive that truck Ace Ventura style with my head out the window 80 miles an hour. Come on. You're going to try to run through the woods? Would you at least pick up the shotgun, or is it oh, too absolutely. brainy, too? Maybe absolutely. it was covered with a little bit of blood so and you brain go, matter. So you go... Okay, so I'm not saying you take the truck. Not a fan of that idea. <laughs> okay. I mean, at the very least, you're going to have to like use your hands to like clean the windshield so you can see something. Use your hands to move the body. I'm nope, not a fan of any of that. But Jules and Vincent did in the Pulp Fiction. But the alternative is not to go lie in the grass 20 feet away and wait for them to grab the gun and catch you. Right. There's three more people right. in that truck. Right. Which, of course, they he immediately finds them. Like, they don't even get, like you said, 20 feet away, and the shotgun's back in her face. And their phone's ringing, and they're crying and breathing loudly. Like, run through the woods. Why right. did you stop? Right. What did you hope would happen? So you mentioned the phone or, ringing. 
another plan. Okay. And then I'll be done with this. Okay. Is while that guy's laying on the ground, you run down the road that way. Like, but then he gets in the truck because he don't give a fuck about the brains and runs you down. Yeah, that's but it's the at least going to take them three minutes. Let's say the least amount of time it takes him three minutes to get their shit together, get back in the truck, get it flipped around, drive that way. Then you hide behind twenty a tree. seconds. The, the dude, I, I just think I, I again, the, I, maybe you'd stay behind, but I'd get in a truck and and bomb up the road. All right. Well, if we ever get in that position, we'll find out what we're really made. I bet of. you get in the passenger seat and and you let me drive the bloody truck. I'll, I'll get in the back at best. There you go. Just ride in the truck. With the shot. I got this. I got just this. Shoot it randomly. Uh. So. Lee Lee calls Matt. He doesn't answer because obviously all this shit's going on, and she figures he's in trouble since he ditched her call. So he asks the police officer for a ride. Meanwhile, we cut back, and Mama is pissed. She's pissed that another one of her babies is dead. So she grabs another. a sledgehammer, and Kathy Bates miseries Shelby's ankle. It just explodes it. Yeah, it turns Which, it into chorizo. I forgot to talk about that poor Russell Edgington got uh, hammered in the face and it was pretty oh my god too. they did they showed it for just a half second just his face just get probably because it was a really bad paper mache but the way right. just seeing it for a few frames it was just a human's face getting destroyed smushed in yeah oh boy um so there is a kind of an unintentional comedy scene of shelby and matt kind of huddling in the back of the truck and they <laughs> he's Cuba Gooding Jr. is trying to emote this soaking up all of the Shelby that he's going to get before his life. And it's just it, right. it's just them talking. They're just talking, talking and each, breathing into each other's open mouths. It's so weird. He's soaking it all up. He wants to take all of her carbon dioxide and awkwardly kind of make out in the back of this thing. And, and what the hell? What's Flora doing in all this? She's, She's just, in the front seat. Oh, that's right, because the a child shouldn't see what is about to happen. But she can sit in the brain matter. Yeah. It's a separate truck. Ah, uh, right, right. Uh, I take Shel- the second truck, though. There you go. That's for so, damn so sure. You I take got the that shotgun, shot. I take the wait shotgun. Wait for the sec- second truck comes out, bum rush him, drive off. Yep. Shoot the tire first, wait for the second truck. Head to the pub and wait for it to all blow over. <laughs> uh <laughs> I just thought that like Cuba Gooding Jr. and Sarah Paulson must have laughed so hard and so often filming the scene because you know that 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 awkward like inching together and huddling together had to have ended up and all like they had to bump noses and teeth and all kinds of things. It just like, you know, to get that one scene of the perfect connection. Yeah. Which wasn't even that perfect. Nah. And I don't know why, Matt, you want to soak up every last second of Shelby. I'm still not impressed with her, but whatever. Um, also, also, I wish Mott was here. Like, you could see the ghost of Mott standing over this going like, God damn it. How did I not know this was going to happen? <laughs> My social anxiety is flaring up. Oh, God damn it. Damn it. I should have seen that coming. Uh, so they roar up and Kathy Bates got the fire still going and uh, they're preparing to sacrifice. Kathy Bates talks a mess about, you know, there's no pain like a mother who loses her child. Um, with some meaningful glances to her son, or on behalf of her son, and he's meaningfully glancing right back. Yep, and uh, she drags Flora off to presumably sacrifice her first. And Priscilla said, "You promised she'd be last." Uh, and Kathy Bates said, "No, child, she goeth first. What I what? first, last? Does it matter? Is there some significance they're going to turn out for that?" Um, I think maybe Priscilla had some sort of plan that she could have tried to formulate while the first two were dying. She probably would have tried to save Florida. F- Flora. Florida. Florida. <laughs> Florida. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the cop shows up with Lee and drops her off, and Lee sees all this commotion. She's like, oh, my God, call for backup. That cop no, just, an officer just fucking books whips it. it in reverse, pulls a Rockford file, and he's back nothing. up the road. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like the fix was in with this cop department the whole time, right? They knew they were in cahoots with the Pokes or knew that they were not to be trifled with. And they were kind of, you don't spend any amount of time on the police force knowing that people are disappearing regularly from this house. Plus institutionally, you would know how many murders and disappearances had legally have to. Oh no, we already covered that. Do you legally have to what? Disclose how many people have died or disappeared, but I don't know legally. They changed the straight name. If you didn't remember the answer either. <laughs> They're like, uh, is there lead base paint? I don't know. Are there any vengeful ghosts? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Not to our knowledge. <laughs> so just as Flora's about to get got 
Thomas and son rebels and says no more innocent life will be sh- uh, uh, spilled. Uh, spilt. And he grabs her and drags her into the fire with himself. And nice. these ghosts burst in the flames, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. They're double dead, obviously. Could, is this ghost fire? Uh, ghost could, fire. Could, could the cops have come and want to shoot out with these ghosts? It doesn't seem likely, but... Where was Lady Gaga in all this? She's still in the cellar crying. She <laughs> she's died of a broken heart. Yes, that's what. After hundreds of years, that's what got her. Uh-huh. Matt, 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 uh, Matt's got that good yeah. D. So she's upset over the love game. So uh, that's bad romance for you. Priscilla is happy. The <laughs> everybody else, you know, all the other colonists are looking around like, what the fuck, Mott unties them as if this is something that he was wanting all along pig dude says well fuck this i'm gonna try to kill floor anyway but lee runs his ass over which was pretty awesome hell yeah they forgot to burn that taurus uh thomason comes flying out of the fire awesome. and it is badass she's really got good. like this jack-o'-lantern like fire burning fire or burning paper yeah that kind of smoky edge you get like they might have shot the whole budget on that but i that it was a really really cool effect yeah, yeah. i liked it and then i'm i, I i've been ma- making fun of this the whole time but i really even though i didn't care for the characters this was very gruesome yeah. and exciting and yeah. somewhat tints by American Horror Story standards and extremely well done. Yep. And it's a damn shame there wasn't a better foundation for it, but what are you going to do? And if Kathy Bates should come back for the rest of the season, as we know, it's about to take a turn, then I hope this is the funeral for this terrible accent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there are reflections in the wrap up where they go back to the present day. And Matt is talking about this is a mar- uh, miracle uh, that they got back to a motel, which is, you know, American Horror Story Motel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they're going to be okay. They're going to be flying back to L.A. homeless, but they're going to be okay. And I'm like, okay, you're homeless, but you still have a really well-paying – did you lose your well-paying – For uh, the last time, I'm going to mention that I think it's absolutely fucking ridiculous that you take $40,000 of the only cash you have and sink it into this house. Also, why That's, would you go back to L.A.? You fled L.A. because of the crime. You flee, you flee right. North Carolina or maybe the backwoods of North Carolina because of the ghosts. But what? I don't understand the thinking process. Right. <sighs> um, Shelby has some sort of waking nightmare where she sees some fog rolling underneath the door and she opens the door and Thomason's right there with her cleaver. Um, and she says, I never completely got over this experience, and I'm not sure I ever will. She never actually took a shower either. She didn't. She didn't Can't do it with a cast. No. Well, not only that, but, like, can you imagine, um, because every once in a while, I'll get spooked in the shower. When really? I, you, you, have you ever felt that, like, when you're in the shower and you feel like someone's with you, and then it's always the cat peeking its head behind the curtain? I get creeped out by the shower curtain being closed. Like, if I go into the bathroom and I'm peeing, I'm like... What the fuck is behind the shower curtain? You never right get now? creeped out in the shower, like if you, you feel like you might have heard something. And you're shampoo and you can't open your eyes, and you're like, oh god, it's going to be a psycho type situation. No, no. All right, well, I'm a pussy. Anyway, the cat's uh, always in the shower with me. <laughs> so if she were ever not there, I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. She'd be the and she'd be the first to go. Uh, she'd be your warning, like you're, she's the canary in the coal mine. <laughs> she's the cat in the shower curtain. <laughs> I use her as a kitten shield. <laughs> Uh, I forgot how I was going to this. Oh, but I'm like, yeah, you wouldn't take a shower because you'd start soaping up and you just see every time you close your eyes, you see Thomason. Yeah. Thomason's going to rip down the shower curtain. And yep. Wee, 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 wee. Or you'd see the pig man like you did that one time you sure. went to take a shower. And he'd be. She's in showered in. She's in showered in weeks. Every time she tries to, someone tries, someone scares her off. Yep. So she's officially become the dirty hippie we all knew she was. Ah. Uh, Feet black as coal. The matcher. Not feet. Uggs. Black as coal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. That's the episode. It was a pretty short recap because it was lots of action, not a lot of dialogue, and pretty cool. Anything that we need to cover before we get the feedback? No. Because we have a decent amount of feedback this week. I have something to start the feedback with. Uh, Pre-feedback. Please go. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. Please do. I googled what Proceed. I googled what rouging your nipples was. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I guess it it was a French fashion 
that women wore in the Marie Antoinette days, the 18th century. And I guess women wore such low-cut bodices that they rouged their nipples in anticipation that a nipple would slip. Oh, it's like, oh my gosh, how would this happen? Even more shocking, some women even wore their bodices so low that their nipples were just out all the time. Does that surprise you? I mean, no, because... So just have your nipples out? Because, like, I mean, from what I can tell... Or does it just surprise you more that it's 2016 and we're more backwards than ever? Like, a nipple on cable television is shocking, but, yeah, but women the, the, rouged the, them up and wore them loud but and proud. That's, you you got to separate America from the rest of the fucking world, because, like, I don't think any country in 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 the in, in the western quote unquote free world is as uptight about sex as we are and i think that comes from our puritanical background like all the assholes that we get uptight about rouge nipples got yeah. on the mayflower and went over and founded oh, founded yeah. these colonies i mean it's also 2016 though it might be time for that to happen again honestly i'm bringing it back <laughs> i'm bringing it back start rouging our nipples this right now weekend. okay get I, we walker we, stalker con no, 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 I'm no. sorry. Oh, shit. Rocket City <laughs> Rocket City NerdCon. My bad. Can you edit that out? <laughs> no, but you can... We'll, we'll be down there with I'm Rouge looking nipples. at this picture of Chad Coleman behind your head and thinking of Walker Stalker Con. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Rocket City NerdCon. It's the best time to debut Rouge Nipples. Yep. yep. And Aaron will be there with them. We're bringing it back. Um, we'll see what they what the, our hosts say about that. Uh, so, let's get in the feedback. Sarita H., Said, I want to throw in my two cents on the season connections theory and Murder House. The family moves across the country, in this case from east to west rather than opposite of Roanoke. The Murder House family moves to L.A. Why Shelby and Matt flee it. Also, one of the events preceding the movie move is Vivian, the mother's miscarriage. As a side note, the butcher killed Mr. Chin by throwing a knife in episode four, which is, I think, how Elsa kills Kathy Bates' character in Freak Show. Huh. Seems like every week we get another little connection. Yeah. Uh, Megan S. Megan uh, <laughs> saw a random theory on Reddit that seemed interesting. The Uber driver in episode four is named Rhett Snow. Snow's also the last name of Myrtle and Coven. Think there might be a connection? Ooh. I don't think they'd give a guy a name in this type of show unless he was going to come back, let alone one that's already been used in a previous the season. Uber driver? Yeah. Maybe some connection to Cricket's possible character connection and Quentin Fleming. I agree. It was so bizarre to see this guy set up for essentially five seconds of screen time. I would not be surprised if he doesn't doesn't come back. I don't know how or why, but I totally agree with your analysis there. Yep. Um, Josh F. I can't think of anything to explain away the decisions they made in this episode during the Polk family road trip escape sequence. Matt grabs a shotgun, blows off the driver's head, temporarily knocked out the other poke in the crash. Then they decided not to drive away in the truck. It would have taken five seconds to pull the corpse from the driver's side and toss out Dandy Mott's hillbilly mom from the passenger seat. Well, Josh, if you had Cecily as your passenger, she would just stand there at the side of the road, refusing to get in to this filthy, carnage-laden vehicle. So that might be a little bit of a hitch in your plans. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, not only that, I don't need this, this shit from you guys. <laughs> not we'll only, see who survives and who doesn't. Not only that, but he then decided not to take the shotgun that he'd wrestled away from the unconscious hillbilly. They kicked in the back of the truck. Whether or not you stole the truck, why would you not at least grab the gun? We're right there with you, Josh. We're right there with you. Because the narrative needed him to be stupid and defenseless. I mean, I, did it though that's the thing like this is an unforced error why couldn't the ghost have done it you can't shoot you can't kill the ghosts send the hunters I mean, the fact after. that they ever met the polks to begin with is the biggest problem number one and why did again mott lead them right there if yeah. he's trying to like I, I i get he's not trying to save them but he doesn't want them hanging around right that's entirely consistent with his character i don't get it also the preview for next <laughs> week all but confirmed for me that they're spoilers in- what oh all I'm con- okay with it, but just letting people know. All but confirmed for me that it's just a preview. Who didn't watch the preview to watch the show? Um, all but confirmed for me that they're interviewing ghosts and the Millers are really dead. We see this camera no. crew sneaking into some sort of lobby or waiting room with a glimpse of someone sitting on a couch looking as if they're being interviewed or waiting to be interviewed or about to be exploit- exploited for ghostly casting couch porn. 
When I first saw the beginning of the preview, I immediately paused it and said to my wife, oh, no, 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 god damn it, not an AHS <laughs> version of that Ghost Hunter show. I cannot take this. And then we resumed the preview, and I was relieved that it appears to be something else, despite the Purgatory Ghost interview twist being something we've all been theorizing about as a possibility. I didn't get that, honestly. So I didn't I, get that from that, Josh. Uh, neither did I, but, I mean, it's interesting that they could be, no, I don't know. It's not enough to speculate on for me. I mean, I don't know. It could be awesome, but I'm prepared to call. I mean, the if decision. I'm following Josh's logic, then we could get what's her name, Sarah Paulson's character who speaks to dead people. I don't remember, but uh, she yeah. know, you know what I'm talking yeah, I know about. What you're talking about. And uh, she went to hotel in the the climax of last season. And then he says, "Whatever happens, don't turn the cameras off." I don't know. It seems like every Access Hollywood intro. <laughs> Uh, just to get you I mean it's like it's clickbait before clickbait was a thing right what, what would you right. call that uh, view bait it's, it's, it's when it's you like, get the at that, 6 o'clock every... they say that you could find what's what you're eating for dinner could kill you find out at 11 <laughs> after you've eaten dinner that's also whatever paparazzi says in her press uh, uh, approaching Russell Crowe whatever happens don't turn off the cameras <laughs> uh, so yeah I don't know I mean I, I mean, obviously, I think they are going to go full Ghost Hunter. I think this crew is going to come back to the house and hijinks are going to ensue. But I don't think that Shelby and Matt and Lee are going to be ghosts. So, I agree. Anyway, Nathan E said, "Want to get your what?" what? I'm yeah, sorry, what? I had one more thing. We Do don't it. see them survive all this bullshit for them to actually be dead in the end. Yeah. No. Although I guess you could you find out that like maybe Thomason did kill them at the motel room. I am curious where the motel is though. When I'm- an approximation like are they in the same town no like i wouldn't, I wouldn't be because no, i don't even no. trust the police force. i would i would put a state line between me and absolutely those i would drive us until i ran out of gas yeah like we can take turns we can take shifts sleeping uh-huh. until we get as far away as we need to Nathan E. wants to get our thoughts on Evan Peters' age in relation to the characters he's portrayed for the last two seasons. Last season he played a wealthy hotel owner and this season he plays a wealthy art aficionado Maybe it's a testament to his youthful looks, but for the past two seasons, Evan Peters comes off as a guy in his early 20s trying to portray wealthy gentlemen in their 40s. This may have been more true last season. Is my perception off on this one? Uh, no, uh, I thought he was way too baby-faced to play what he was supposed to be playing last year, but it was funny in well, like a Gomez-Adams kind of way. I was actually thinking about this a lot, and um, yes, on the face of it, in 2016... If you're a 20-year-old who owns a hotel, then your dad bought it for you. Yeah. If you're in that day and age, then you just grew up faster. And plus, you also I mean, grew you're, up wealthy. You're a man full grown. He was already, uh, 35 he was already married is like with, the average lifespan. <laughs> but that's the thing. He was married with a child, an older child. What are we talking about? This but, season or motel? Oh, I thought you would. You were then building off that point to go to. Oh no, no, that's right, that's right. I'm sorry, I forgot that they mentioned he left behind a wife and child. Because obviously, because of my my I first mean, thought was when they established he was gay. I'm like, what the fuck? How did they get children? How was the fourteen motline? years? Fourteen year olds can father children. Sure, but like gay men don't traditionally. I mean, I get there's nothing stopping them. <laughs> they do. Uh, so uh, withdrawn. I've seen Game withdrawn. of Thrones. I know how this Brock works. Hudson had kids. He's. I mean, you, yeah, you can adopt or you can have children with a, you're a woman. Like, it, there's nothing stopping you from procreating yeah. just being gay. So, just a, a, a objection uh, overruled on the grounds of real life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, he is too baby faced, but you know, Angela Bassett uh, doesn't look old enough to play a mother of a 12 year old either. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, right. She's, she's way too baby faced as well. Exactly. She's way too young to have a 12-year-old daughter. Zeph. And the award for really? That was the best take? Goes to that historian lady because, God, that line reading was awful. Fucking agreed. Agreed. Like, I was really prepared to have a moment of silence for Shelby for not being able to wear Ugg boots anymore. And then they played it off like she was just a sprain or something. She must have sprinkled some pumpkin spice on her wounds or something to make (laughs) it feel that easy. Yeah, she would have needed like 90 pins in that Uh wrecked joint. That ankle was now a pile of gravel that would have to be knitted back together <laughs> absolutely was uh. like she didn't have that much fat to to slough through but uh yeah it was wrecked mm. Mm. i don't know maybe sarah paulson's got like ankles the size of two liter bottles i who knows I, lots no. of potting down there uh just to play devil's advocate or shelby's advocate for a second <laughs> uh-huh. please don't 
If Shelby hadn't got Lisa in a way for a few days, Shelby, Matt, and Flora would have all died. In a way, Shelby saved everyone through <laughs> her own stupidity. Uh-huh. Otherwise, Lee would have felt or been with the group, and everyone would have hashtag felt the burn. Um, that's she's right. If Shelby hadn't acted out and been a lunatic, Lee wouldn't have been able to come and save them, and they all would have died. For real. So, thanks, Shelby. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has to be a record for shortest time between introduction and screaming for e- Evan P's latest character. That said, <laughs> he was pretty funny. I, I, I enjoyed everything about him. It was over the top. It was funny. It was probably made people that are not cool with the on-screen gay relationships super uncomfortable. Love everything about it. My official headcanon says the only reason Kathy Bates has control over everyone is that they're all afraid she will impart her accent on upon them all. Yep, that voice <laughs> is a true American horror story. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I wanted to know what hotel references did you guys catch? I got the ripping open of the sheets. was uh, similar to the people breaking out of mattresses, but yeah. I probably need a second rewatch. I think the motel was a tongue-in-cheek also call back to hotel. You know, the other thing is is that there is a, a heavy focus on children this episode. The the redneck mother, it's all about her children. Um, Lee's yeah, child. That, I, and, yeah. I mean, I thought that was a really heavy theme this episode. Right on. Uh, it's episode six next, and Aaron has promised me filet mignon. If it's bad, it's all on Aaron. No, what did you? Yes, you clean your yes. ears out. Put no. it directly on Aaron. I said Murphy has promised us filet mignon. <laughs> Didn't I? I thought that was the analogy. I think you need to take this one for the team. Like he's got he's got coney dogs, and you know he comes out and like, hey, filet mignon's up in episode six. Like, what the fuck am I eating the, the coney dogs for? You know, I don't remember. You really lost me in that analogy. I did. I did. It went. It went. I guess it's not your. It. I <laughs> so guess, I. For that reason, it's still on you. I guess it's not your fault, Zeph. <laughs> that that analogy was a bit much. Joe M from Philly. I'm glad to see us moving on from the Roanoke potion portion of this season because it had been feeling like a one hour of Ghost Hunters content being stretched over five hours. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally agreed. Mm-hmm. But how many disjointed, unrelated horror movie references can one squeeze in? I laughed out loud when what I can. Only oh yeah. What? What? I just remembered another one that I'm sure the the listener is about to say. Okay, we'll see. Keep it in mind. Okay. Uh, I laughed out loud when what I can only assume is the Taiwanese girl from the Slaughtered Chin family did her best impression of the girl from The Grudge or The Ring. Shit out of me. Or take your pick of any of the creepy, wet-haired Japanese girl horror movies. Then Wes Bentley does "Here's Johnny" from The Shining. Yeah, that's the one. As her as her chops open as he as he chops open her door. Uh, then the hillbillies do their ironically Kathy Bates impression from Misery when giving Shelby the sledgehammer to the ankles. Uh-huh. When I saw the hillbillies eating Russell Edgington, it reminded me of a horrible and hilarious movie from my youth called Hotel or Motel Hell, in which the people checked into a motel and the hillbilly proprietors took the motel guests and burned them or buried them in the garden and then chopped them up and used them as a secret ingredient for fritters. They buried them in... Then chop them up? Well, you know, it's not the sweetest of meat, but whatever. Uh, they so you use... give it that, like, earthy taste? <laughs> yeah, like like a good like a good peaty scotch. You know, you got to bury uh, you gotta uh-huh. bury your uh, victims uh-huh. to, to, to let them fully ripen. Um, so, oh, and they also wore a pig's head when they would kill their victims. This show is such a hot oh, mess okay. this year, but guess what? I'm still watching. I'm glad they're hitting the reset button for the second half. They have, however, really upped the gore and oh shit moments these last two weeks. Greg Nicotero, challenged, accepted. Yeah, I tell you what, man. Between Game of Thrones and their crazy ass zombies and this show, he does have a lot to live up for. Which I, I think he's. They, they seem like they're always raising the bar. These, these visual effects guys. Yeah. Uh, on the horror, Joe N has the good, the bad, and not the ugly. Maybe we can supply the ugly. Okay. Joe Happy in to. the good. Francis Conroy gave the best performance so far the season with the only convincing backwoods hillbilly accent in the show. I'm from the South and I couldn't understand half of what she's saying, <laughs> which is my litmus test. The bad. The show doesn't have the balls to abandon the setting or the current characters, including the two series staples that just made their first appearance. So we know they're going back to the house with the film crew, which is fine, but not really a twist by any metric, since we already knew it was a TV show about a TV show. Mm-hmm. We get some shaky cam for a few scenes until the show forgets its own gimmick, and then we're pretty much back to where we started, a haunted house with a slightly different set of people in the same exact situation as before. I'm making a lot of assumptions, but I don't trust AHS to make my any clever, bold, or interesting story decisions. And my biggest fear is that they give a paper-thin justification for why the three or four 
real characters would ever go back to that place that traumatized them for life. If they can't justify that, episode six might be where I have to tap out. I'm hoping it's just a it's it's just a documentary, guys. That that, that so we'll have a completely different cast being terrorized by. And the other thing is, what what how will things go different now that uh, Thomason is dead, not dead, double dead, you double mean. dead, double dead. Is Lady Gaga going to take more of a uh, a front seat? I I don't know. I don't know. I I I hope they can do something because you're right. If it's just the same, I mean they've they've shown us all the things that can happen on the in this place. So how are they going to ramp it up? Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Michael H. I'm not liking this mockumentary style anymore, and I cannot wait for next week. That's assuming they bail on it. But then again, I may just be hyping myself up. Need to be careful with this show. Either way, I'm in for the long haul. Also, everybody, just just keep in mind we're going to get a proper intro sequence next next week. Well, we better. I, I thought in the previews they sh- seemed to be kind of showing some of that preview kind of stuff going on, and I think that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I think the season has been a significant improvement over the past three. This episode specifically was probably the best one this season, if not the creepiest. Sure, the characters are making some idiotic choices, but that's pretty easy to overlook. Didn't enjoy the OG Mott bit that much, especially if it's going to be their connection to the other season. I did enjoy watching his ghost face appear every now and then, though. I thought that was cool. Maybe there's more to come with him. Who knows? And the amount of sex has gone down considerably. That's never been a huge issue to me when it comes to TV or movies, but if the plot has fallen off and the characters are terrible, him, last season, gratuitous amounts of sex (laughs) is really all you remember, which is never a good thing. Also, Aaron, I don't know how you've managed to not say Butcher of Laverne when talking about Kathy Bates. Might be because I enjoyed that past season of Fargo a lot more than you. Uh, How have you not watched... And also, how have you not yet watched the first... Oh, God, it's the weekly shaming of Aaron... How have you not watched the first two seasons? Let him have it. You'll love them. Obviously, you're busy with all you guys do, but somehow, someway, you've got to squeeze them in. Okay. Do I do make a promise before next year? Yes. We plan to watch a lot more scary stuff this October, but man, it's been jam-packed. Didn't we? We watched something scary last weekend, didn't we? I know we did, because I remember jumping a lot. (laughs) What was it that we watched? Uh, it was the debate i think (laughs) (laughs) i know we went to the king's island fright fest but i felt like we came home from that and then watched something super scary but i don't know what it is so that's went nowhere yep uh side note i love the new studio tour but my girlfriend thinks it needs more of a woman's touch she asked me to mention to cecily that she should go in and touch up on a few things I dug it, but what do I know? I've still got frame maps from game cases still up on my walls she'll never convince me to take down my map of vice city what do you think, Cecily? What what would you do? Some drapes? What would what you do in this this this? Uh... I don't know what a woman's touch means. You you don't? No, I don't. You really don't? I really don't. You, so you decorate the exact same way I do? Uh, no, if this were my studio, I wouldn't decorate it this way. Where there'd be a lot more. But it'd be suited to my taste, not my sex. <laughs> okay, but but you know I you, I, I know that. Um... You have a pretty. You have and I'm a lot not of geek, saying that to put. You have a lot of geek the, paraphernalia, okay? Yeah. So we have got a lot of that in common. Uh-huh. But one of your geek paraphernalia is a computer programmer, video game designer, Barbie. Yes. So. So. That's a woman's touch. Is it? I wouldn't have a video game designer, Barbie. It's because you're sexist. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, okay. if it were my studio? Doilies. I think he's wanting doilies. Fuck doilies you. and frills Fuck and you, lots doilies. more pink. Lots more pink. <laughs> if it were my studio, I'd paint it blue. I wouldn't have this much shit. I really wouldn't. Really? It, yeah. That It's supposed to provide these, visual the, interest. The pictures would be in line with the frames, as Don Draper is very much out of his frame he right used, now. He used to be, but he's slowly fallen out of the... Uh-huh. We need to take him off the wall. And, is that and, what a uh, woman's such means? Up. I just straighten things up? Yeah, attention to detail. Okay. Actually giving a shit. I think those are... It <laughs> falls within that uh, rubric. Yeah. I'd probably wash this glass that I use every week. Oh. But then again, I also use the same glass every week, so... I'm a very... But yeah, please write in and, tell, and elaborate more on what it is you think that I could do better. There's another woman uh, throwing the woman's touch at you, so uh, this seems like it's going to be girl-on-girl violence. 
No, stop trying to incite some bullshit. Race war. No, not race war. <laughs> sex war. Sex war. That's what we want in this. Uh, that's a true American horror story. All right. Send your wife over. I'll fight her in a <laughs> pool of jello. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put it on the cameras yep. right here in the studio. All right. That's the woman's touch. We'll get rid of the desk. We'll get a baby tub full of gelatin, red gelatin. Done. Rouge, that's that's rouge, how I would put my woman's touch on the r- studio. Rouge both sets of nipples and <laughs> fight it out. <laughs> Yes, and I'll sell advertising space vis-a-vis uh, temporary tattoos all over my body. There you go. Bring it back. There you go. Uh, Casper and Harry's and maybe a me. Uh, can you wear me undies? Why are they yes. That? They haven't sponsored us yet, but I'm just trying to get the ball. Men, obviously. I'm trying to get the ball run, rolling. Yeah, get those and balls running. rolling. The balls need to run. The running balls of the need balls. to run, yes. Three or four people die every year in the running of the balls. And you know what? It's a real thing. Might even get Donald Trump to sponsor it. Just put the cap on the sexist pig. Oh, uh, yeah? The lipstick on the sexist it, pig. Our studio would look cool gilded. It would look really cool gilded. It would look really cool. Like the reflection back in the camera oh, would just yeah. blind people constantly. Yeah, the lighting would just like, I'd, I'd look amazing. Um, <laughs> Amy J. Get a sweet comb over. I've got to say, I should try that. I should try that. I mean, I'm trying to go bald gracefully, but you know. Amy J says, I've got to say that I think this is the most enjoyable episode of the Roanoke chapter. Lots of blood and gore, a couple of genuine jump scares, and some more dimension added to the Polk family. Loved Francis Conroy as Mama Polk. That woman is a badass in the worst possible ways. Have we seen Francis Conroy since her turn on as, like, one of the head witches in uh, Coven? Coven? Uh, I think that was the last time we've seen her. uh, No, she was, wait. Yeah, she was Dandy Mott's mom. Oh shit! I'm trying Jesus to think of what, who yeah. she was in I really hotel. I really a bit on that one. Was she in a hotel? That I can't remember. Maybe she was. She wasn't a real estate agent, was she? No, no, no. Okay. Nah. Uh, slightly underwhelmed by the Edward Philippe Mott tie-in. For me, a link between all the series should mean more than just a character conveniently sharing the f- same family name as the other prominent characters in previous seasons. The plot would have been no different if the original homeowner had been a completely unrelated English eccentric. There was nothing about the fact that he was a Mott that had an important impact in the story. That's true. Like, the things I was expecting from a Dandy Mott's great-great-great-great-granddaddy, it's a lot more... Mur- I mean, I guess he was petulant and kind of... Mur- I, well, he's petulant and murderous. What else do you want? Mm-hmm. Like, he locked those people down on a capricious whim and skeletonized mm-hmm. them. So, I don't know. I guess that sounded good until I started really thinking about, yeah, that's kind of modish. Yeah. That's Mott-like. It's Motty. Well, what his mother said in the... Freak show season was that, you know, years of inbreeding led to this. His father was sure. a much more terrible man, so I think that. Yeah, he's, it's like he's like the less extreme form. As you go back in the Mott family tree, they're not as crazy. This right. guy's still pretty crazy, though. Yeah. This guy's, yeah. All right. Not a great um, start. wonder what his father was like. Hmm. Where does, we'll it, where does a Mott line American begin? Horror Story season seven. Also, do you think the name Mott would survive 300 years? I don't know. Like, names, last names evolve. Yeah. It's, you know. Like, you weren't. They're an applesauce magnet. Your last name wasn't your last name when your grandparents lived in Germany. No, no, totally. They were. They, the, we have not ang- anglicized it. Hubbard is an old German name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the grim tale, Old Mother Hubbard. Hubbard. It's just it's been passed down for hundreds and hundreds of years. All right. Uh, nevertheless, it was a fun hearing a shout out to the dandy being the last in the family line and hearing the history had quite rightly documented the events and freak show for the scandal that they were. Thanks to the balls to well nature of the episode, I've come away from Roanoke chapter feeling more positive than I would have, say, two episodes ago. I'm still baffled by all the decision making from pretty much every single character, especially because Matt and Shelby's escape was done in pretty much the same manner that they could have and should have done weeks ago. Get in the car and get the fuck out. I guess Shelby needed a crushing mount to the leg to finally see that. As a way of focusing one's thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, Bourbon Queen from Dallas said, I really did enjoy the episode from last night. Although I was underwhelmed by the butcher's son all of a sudden growing a conscience. Where was that through all of the other slaughters? Where was Gaga whispering in their ears? I thought Evan Peter... That's a good point. I don't understand why all this crazy shit was happening. Well, you no, know, you, you solved it for me. She's just grieving for her loss of Matt. Yes. Uh, I thought Evan Peters was fantastic as Mott. 
I haven't been impressed with his acting since Murder House. I mean, I wasn't impressed with his acting. I was entertained by his acting. Right. So that's nice. <laughs> That's what got, Peters is here for. I, he needs to be a side character, Are you right? Today, yes, yes. He, Isn't he, he always? Be, a, he's always a side character. No, Freak Show. He wasn't a side character, and that was uh, the problem. That was the biggest mistake they've ever because made. Because his go-to move is being campy and silly or shouting, and you, he needed to carry some dramatic weight there as Lobster Boy. <laughs> uh, I'm super excited to see where this twist goes. I'm thinking it'll be like Ghost Hunters Live Halloween show, and they'll do it at the house, but of course it goes awry. That'll be interesting if next week is kind of like the setup, and then there's something really crazy that happens on the Halloween episode. That would be pretty entertaining and sweet. It's usually what they do. Yeah. What's next week? The week before... Halloween. Halloween. Next, The week after will Hall-a-week. be the official Halloween. The week after next. So there you go. Uh, another episode in the books if you'd like to send us feedback two ways to do so ahs at baldmove.com and forums.baldmove.com or you can discuss it each week with your fellow fans mm-hmm. uh, next week we've been promised filet mignon by several sources <laughs> including me apparently we will see what we get until then I'm Aaron and I'm Cecily have a great weekend everybody <laughs>